This is a most unusual experience for me tonight because I've looked forward since a little boy to have one time that I could minister to the people of Maine. And just a little lad, I used to come here to go hunting up around Moosehead Lake, Squaw Pond, Pixie Pond, back in territory there. And I would meet such nice people, I just wondered if Maine wasn't just full of those kind of people. And I've been in a lovely city here for two days, and I found it so. Real honest people. You know, they say Southern hospitality. Well, they... I guess this is what you call an Oregon hospitality. Those are just as nice people in here as I've ever seen in my life for five times around the world. So I'm certainly happy to be here tonight in this lovely auditorium and to see this nice gathering for this kind of a way away city from the big city and your enthusiasm and, and your love for Christ to come out on this your first night to someone perhaps Never heard of me before in my life. So that's mighty fine. I appreciate this. Sorry we only have one night. I suppose if you had eight or ten days here for a regular campaign, the Lord would be great to you tonight. But you will tonight. We're looking forward to that. Now, we do not come to represent any certain denomination of church. And I myself was ordained in a missionary Baptist church. And then I never, just, I never just left the church. I just started standing between the groups, between the different denominations, and just only needing to pray for the church. And what influence that the Lord has given me, I do not wish to, to give it all into one denomination as far as the entire body of the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of what church they belong to. I used to herd cattle a lot in my days in the West, and I noticed when we would take the cattle up to the forest, why the ranger would stand there checking those cattle at the distance. Many of the times that I sat there with my leg hooked around the horn of the saddle watching, and the ranger didn't pay so much attention to the brand that was on the saddle. It was a, it was a brindle cow. The blood that was in the cow, it had a tag, and it must be a third blood herpet or it could not go on the forest. That was amazing. I think that's the way to do it. The day of the judgment, it won't be exactly what brand we're on, it's what blood we're under. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, will be the marking for his city. Some of us might say we're Methodist or Baptist or sinners of God or apostolic faith or whatever it is, but it will be all that's under the blood I do to go on at that moment. And so I'm expecting to be with you there at that great wedding that all human beings will look forward to to the angels. Now we talked about divine healing mostly in the morning, but divine healing is not what we try to measure with. You can never measure on a man. Divine healing is just a, a gift to present Christ in the way of divine healing to touch the people's attention to let them know that Jesus loves them. And the main healing that we're after is the healing of the human soul. That men that are born again have eternal life. And so never perish, but be raised up again at the last day. 
And then we take the church out of We're going from here down to a little another city below us here, Bangor, I believe, Maine. And uh, we're going to be there the last uh, this week and the first of next week, six days. It'll be the longest stay we've had in the new campaign. And if you're still here, well, we'll be looking forward to seeing you. It's very anticipation. And expect maybe in that meeting we'll, we'll maybe get more acquainted. One or two nights to just get to say, well, I wonder, after a while, and ladies are goodbye, and we don't get to see them no more. But when we can do a few nights so we can see God is wonderful. Now, I believe that the third thing is that Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, which thing we will skip to just in a moment. And um, I want to say to the ones who are sponsoring here to the pastors, we certainly thank you for this opportunity, my dear brother. And um, I do pray that God of heaven will bless you exceedingly abundantly and give you the desire of your heart. Now, before we open this precious word, any man, if a woman, child, is able physically to turn the pages back, but it takes the Holy Spirit to open the word to our heart. For it's written by the Holy Spirit. The Bible said even men of old, when they were moved by the Holy Ghost, wrote the Bible. So therefore, it's inspired. No human being has a right to say, we have interpretation, no one else does. The Holy Spirit has the interpretation. And let's ask him tonight if he will interpret for us uh, while we read and pray. Now we bow our heads just a moment to pray. Now, especially for you people who have never been in the meeting before, let's be real sincere and I say, God, let me just lay aside every prejudice of my heart. You know, you have to say, God, be merciful to me. Let's to be my for him. Let the sinner say, God, be merciful to me, sinner, while we pray. Most holy and reverent God, we come into thy presence first in the name of the Lord Jesus, for it has been taught us by his blessed holy word that if we would ask the Father anything in his name, we could receive it. So therefore we have no name or no honor to meet you by, and we come humbly, reverently in his honorable and holy name, knowing according to his word that you are here, and we have this talk with you. Now this meeting has been set together, Father, while watched every move, and for no other purpose but for the glory of God, and for the help of his great strength, the body of his Son, invisible. And we pray, Father, that you will heal all the sick that's in the building tonight. May there not be a single person in this building. For what will be made completely whole. May the sinner, Lord, the unbeliever, become so ashamed and embarrassed in the presence of the great Holy Spirit. But he has told us that God be merciful to me and be saved his life. Grant, Lord, that those who are kind of waiting are falling along the way, those feeble hands have been hanging down. 
But if you are getting cold and indifferent as you're waiting for the coming, may they take you cold tonight and rise in the strength of the Lord. God grant if you have had something, a blessing in this neighborhood tonight, that will start an old-fashioned revival in every home, in every church, and everywhere through the country. Lord, we realize we don't have too much time left according to the calendar of time to labor because of from the swiftly sinners and the end time of women. So help us to conduct ourselves tonight as your beloved children and work through us by the Holy Spirit for the last of in the name of thy beloved Son, Jesus. Amen. I wish to approach the word now just to picture that I use on Usually the first night to introduce the calling that the Holy Spirit has given you. I'm firmly being a fundamental to bring God's eternal word, believing that everything that God has written is part of himself. I believe the scripture says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So therefore this word is part of God. And if we will approach it like that, take his word like we will approach it him. For no man is any better than his word is. If I could not take your word, I would not believe you for anything. You should by me. The best thing I do by God. If God made a promise, if He's the Almighty God, He must stay by His promise to maintain His position as Almighty God. If we don't make a promise, we'll take it back. I can make a promise, we have to take it back. You make a promise, we have to take it back because we are men. And we are finite. But He is perfect. God cannot get wiser, smarter. He was perfect to begin with. And when God makes a statement, it is perfect. And if God makes a statement in a crisis, in the way he approaches that crisis, if that same crisis arises again, he's got to approach it in the same manner, the same way that he did the first time, or he did wrong the way he approached it the first time. You see, if God heals sick people to begin with, when a crisis was when Moses had no remedy for the sick and God raised up a brass serpent in the wilderness and made an atonement for the sick and afflicted because there was a crisis. Then if that crisis comes to a place in the there is no remedy to help us, God has to act the same way to us or he acted wrong when he acted to Moses. He's God. He cannot change. He never knows no more, no less. He's perfect forever. And I want to read a portion of his word found in St. John 12. On the 21st, and then Hebrews 13, 8 for a text. And there were certain Greeks among them, who not to the feet forever. The same, therefore, came to Philip, which was the Bethesda of Galilee, and desired him to say, We would see Jesus. 
When you do such to me, it's written, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now we want to look at this. Do you believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Would you do that because the Bible says so? If you would, I'd like to just raise your hand. Every believer. Well, don't thank you. If God has said that he is the same, then he must be the same, or if the scripture is wrong. And if the scripture is wrong in one place, I'd be afraid to trust it because it might be wrong in another place. If that's all be right or it's all wrong, for instance, if we were all in this room tonight starving to death, and some great mountain millionaire would come to the door and say, tomorrow at nine o'clock, I'm going to give 50 people in there a thousand dollars, no one can have faith. If he said, I'm going to give one person in there a thousand dollars tomorrow, no one could have faith. He might be the one who might not be. The only way you can have faith is saying, I'll give every one of them a thousand dollars. Then we can all have faith. Whosoever will let him come, says the scripture. It's on whosoever will. It's up to you if you come. The invitation is given. Now we want to notice. When he came up to the worship, they had an enthusiasm that they wanted to see Jesus. And I believe that that is the desire of every heart, of every person that ever heard his name, they want to see who that is. I know it's the desire of my heart. And I'm sure it's the desire of every heart that's here. By the name of Philip, he went and got Andrew and they took him to Jesus. Now, if their desire was to see him and got to see him, and our desire is to see him, and the Bible said that he remains the same yesterday, today, and forever, then why can't we see him? Now, in my city, there was a little boy some time ago got all in food and he came to school. When he went home, he said to his mommy, Mommy, can anyone see this great God that they're telling us about? He said, ask the Sunday school teacher. And she asked the teacher, he said, brother, ask the lady teacher. And she said, ask the pastor. And they asked the pastor, and the pastor said, no, sir, no one can see God in there. Well, a little fellow that did not satisfy his enthusiasm. So, he used to feast up on the river with the little person down there, the name of Reichardt. He used to be a deacon in our church. And then, one day coming down the river, there'd come a storm. When it's dusty summer, and the water had washed all the leaves off, and the sun was setting in the west as the old person and the little boy made their way down after running the net. And there was a rainbow came up. And as the old fisherman watched that rainbow, the little fellow noticed that tears began to run down his bearded feet, and the crystal spoon dropping off of his white beard. 
even God manifested in the flesh. The Bible said that God deceived Christ reconciled the world to himself. But when he gives out his spirit to re-adopted son, he gives us a bucket full out of that ocean. He had all the fullness of the Godhead. He just had a portion of it as a gift of the Holy Spirit. But if I took one bucket full of water out of the ocean, or even a teaspoonful of it out of the ocean, the same chemical that's in the entire ocean would be in that spoonful. We just less in quantity, not less in quality. So the same Holy Spirit that was in Christ is in his church. Now, this is the truth in that for you. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, the, the vine does not bear fruit. The vine only purges the branch, and the branch bears fruit. Therefore, the only way Jesus could speak tonight would be through my lips or your lips. My hands are your hands. My life are your life. I am the vine, you are the branches. He doesn't bear fruit anymore. He just purges his church and it bears fruit. Now, what kind of fruit would it bear? If the life that was in him is in his church, it will bear the same kind of life that he bore for him as well. Do you understand? Notice, if you went to a grapevine, you'd expect to find grapes. And down south, I don't know what you have in here, we have pumpkins down there. And if you go to a pumpkin barn, you expect to get pumpkins if it's a good fertile barn. Watermelon? You get watermelons off of a watermelon barn. And if we come to the barn of Christ, he's church. What do we find? Pumpkins? Healing? Arguments over theology? Hatred? Not a and we call that the works of God. The scripture says that is not so. This will all men know when you're my disciples, when you've got love one for the other. The love of God in his church, making every member a part of him. Then upon that rock and that foundation he built his church. Notice. Now let's to take too much of your time, all should be spent on that showing what he promised. But now the subject is, is he the same today that he was then? Is he the same in every way, only a careful body? Now when his body comes, then he will go home with him. Because his body has been raised up and set on the throne of God tonight, to make intercession on our confession. He is a priest, high priest of our confession, Hebrews 3 1. Then he's sitting there as a high priest, and may our Savior says, No other mediator between God and man but Jesus Christ. The scripture says so. And he is the only one that stands between God and man to make intercession. And the scripture says that he is the high priest that can be touched 
by the feeling of our infirmity. Let us go back and see what he was. I read from St. John 12. Now, for you, dear people here, from the, the regions in the city around about, when you get home tonight or in the morning in the practice of the day, you women, when your husband is at work, or you say just before you go to bed tonight or tomorrow night, after at noon hour, if you tear your Bible, turn over to St. John 1. And let's find out what he was yesterday. Now, only obvious scriptures were declaring that we're reading St. John 1. After he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, God came and made manifest. Forty days of the wilderness, he came out and he starts his ministry. Now, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to answer me by your hand. Being listed. If we can find out what he was yesterday, and he will come here tonight among you people, and declare himself the same today as he was yesterday. How many of you will receive him? Let's see your hands up in the air now. Everybody, thank you. Let's watch what he was. Now, the first place, the reason that this phenomenon is going on today is because this is the enemy of the Gentile Christians. Now, any scholars know that? But here at the end, when Jesus was here in a body of flesh, he did not go to the Gentiles. And he forbid his disciples to go to the Gentiles. He said, I was not sent to them. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go preach saying the kingdom of the Holy and so forth. And he never visited the Gentiles. Because there was a 2,000 year space to call the church out to all nations. But in St. John 1, we find that there was a man got saved and quickly he went and got his brother. Now that's a good sign that he got saved. He went and found his brother. And when he brought his brother to him, Jesus, he was a fisherman. And the Bible said he was ignorant and unlearned. He could not even sign his own name. And when he came to the presence of the Lord Jesus, Jesus said to him, Your name is Simon. And your father's name is Jonas. What do you think that ignorant and unlearned fisherman thought when a man who had never seen in his life, or neither had he ever seen this man, when he walked into his presence, told him who he was and who his father was. Has anybody ever read that description? St. John the first chapter, chapter 8. And this man looked at him, and he became a servant of the Lord Jesus. His name was called Cephas by the Lord Jesus later, and that was St. Peter. The man who could not sign his own name. The man that was called ignorant and unlearned had the keys to the kingdom gate Now, you see what he's done with it? He's tried to educate the people to Christ. He just might as well forget it. 
There's no other program on earth but the old fashioned program that needs burning again. Is the only way that it'll ever be. We tried to, to educate them, we have tried to make society and so forth to bring the people to a brotherhood and separate them further away from God. And we become prejudiced and build up denominational walls and separate ourselves from the other brethren. But a real good old time case of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your heart, it'll make you forget your pride. It'll make the tuxedos keep putting arms around a pair of overhauls and calling brothers. It'll make a silk dress pair arms around a calico. Say, sister, it does something on the inside of you. It goes beyond intellectual conception. It's a birth of the spirit that lives in the human heart. Now, as soon as he told that to Simon, he became his servant. A movie when Philip got all his things and he said he had another friend and he went around the mountain, fifteen miles, to find his friend with Daniel. Let's follow him just a few moments. And he goes to him for help. Mrs. Nathaniel was at the house and he says, where is uh, Nathaniel at? And he went out to the orchard just a while ago. Out in the orchard he goes and there he finds Nathaniel out there under a tree and he's good while a person would be praying. As a Christian gentleman, of course, he would interrupt him when he was praying. As he got through, I can just see Nathaniel raise up and say, well, if you're in, well, I want you to got a message. Without receiving his introduction or anything, he said, Come to the town. I wonder what would take place. If this little group of people here in this building tonight would be that influence about Jesus. I wonder what would take place if one of these little churches around here would get that influence about Jesus. That always on your heart, your first is first, and that's God. The first thing is Jesus. the son of Joseph. Oh, now, you know, this here fellow Nathaniel was orthodox, very straight, good fellow. And I can even say to Philip, now wait just a minute, Philip. You must go off on the deep end of something. You mean to tell me that the son of God would come out of Nazareth? That little group of people down there that's rude? If the Son of God the Messiah was here, he'd come to the temple. He would come to the to Jerusalem and not the Nazareth. I'll say this with love and respect. But that's the same way they think it today. They think he knew. Oh, he's Catholic before he'd come to the Vatican City. He let the Pope know. And you Presbyterians and say, oh, he's got the bishop now. And so forth. All of us. But God does things in his own way. And it's always contrary to the way the clergy has it figured out. Always. You Christians know that. Never in the end. 
with the courage you have at last. So you prophet, these Protestants say, what about Elijah? They didn't believe you went home on a chest. They sent the little children down behind the last and said, you bald head, why didn't you go up? And the prophet cursed those children. And the curse come on them and two sheep there and still 42 little children. How about Moses? When Jesus is here, he said, the disciples said to him, he said, why does the scribe say the minister? Why do they say that Elijah must first come? He said, he's already coming, he didn't know him. And they really spoke of John the Baptist. Now, to you Catholic, what about St. Patrick? Did the church recognize him? They thought he was a witch. But after he was dead, the message had been given, they must first receive him. What about St. Francis of the Sicilian? A walking preacher with a Bible in his arm, he protested the Catholic Church. When he went to preach down a corner that day, the new virgins of Holland, he said, Sisters, you stand still. You're still not on preaching. And they obeyed him. And as he was dead, now he's coming out of the saint in his church. How about Joan of Arc? Any few girl would know about her. A little girl who saw visions and angels and had revelations. And the Lord says the Catholic Church burnt her to a saint crying for mercy. Calling her the same thing they called Jesus, Beelzebub. A witch. Joan of Arc was burnt as a witch to a saint by the Roman Catholic Church. And about a hundred years later, they found out she was a witch. She was a saint. But God sent his message to you just the same. And they failed to see it. They didn't know who the Son of God was until he was dead, buried, and rose again. God's sovereign, he does his work. And the church must wake up here these last things. It's such a pitiful thing. A few weeks ago in my city, you know, there was a lady going around with a little baby in a three-cent store. And she was showing things to him. Look, girl. And the little fellow stared. And she showed him something to look, honey. And the little fellow kept staring. Right when she went to it, kind of had a little kink of it rattled. And she took it before him. And the little fellow just stared right out of his face. And she came across the counter and gossiped. And crying. And some of the people went to her to see what was wrong. She said, not long ago, he just took the way of staring, looking right straight ahead. Things a little human beings. And he ought to notice things that pertain to this human life. The doctor told me a while ago, his brother that said he's not. And I wonder if that isn't just about the way of the church today. God is taking every kind of existence from the church. And he just sits and stares and says, Oh, I suppose that's really good. It's been in my denomination. We might have accepted it. Don't you see? Instead of many paralyzed, the church has been big dangers in old robbers, has been great men, black Jews, and what more. In the last few years, it's colonization. And still, we just, the church just said, Well, I'm this, my church. You get those ideas. And the family had the same idea. It came out just a minute. If there's anything good to come out of Nazareth, it wouldn't be the Son of God who'd come to the high priest. 
the best answer that anybody could give him. He said, come and see. Now that's sensible, logical, correctly. Come and see for yourself. Don't stay home. Come out and find out for yourself. Come and see. And I think, and besides that, he told him who his daddy was and what his name was. Oh, now, just a minute, the thing it would take to Philip. Well, I think he went off on the deep end. You can find out for yourself. They came up into the crowd where Jesus was. They, maybe they were out in the, in the audience, or maybe they were in the prayer line. When Jesus saw him for the first time, he said, Behold an Israelite, and he made his old God. I remember the first of his ministry, where he introduced himself to the Jewish generation this man. Behold an Israelite, and you will say God. Well, I, you say, well, he was blessed. Now, he could have been an Arab, he could have been a Greek. Well, same nation, all the Orient is the same. Said, so behold an Israelite. How do you know he was an Israelite? In whom there is no God. And when he said that, it astonished him so much, he said, Rabbi, when did you know me? I've never saw you, and you've never saw me. When did you know me? He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. How many know the scripture says that? That was Jesus yesterday. That's the way he made himself known to the Jews. Now, oh, there were those who stood by, because of the great high churches, the Orthodox. You know what they said in their heart? They said, this man is a fortune teller. He is a Beelzebub. He reads your mind. They said that in their heart, and Jesus perceived their thoughts. And he said, listen to what he said. Then I said unto you, you speak that against me, the Son of Man, I forgive you for it. But when the Holy Ghost is come, to do the same thing. One word against it will never be forgiven in this world or in the world that is to come. How many know the scripture says that? Then where do we stand tonight if he declares himself by the Holy Ghost that is just the same? A few days later we find in St. John the fourth chapter, just before closing. And we find him in the fourth chapter of St. John. Now he did not go to his Gentile. He did not perform that sign one time to the Gentiles, just to the Jews. But here he is in the front of the Samaritans. And he sends his disciples away because he was tired. And he sat down in a little panoramic, something like this here, where he's just, if you've ever been there, the well still there, just outside the gate of Samaria. Jacob does it. And it's about noontime, and the disciples went into the city to buy some food. And while they were gone, Jesus resting, because he did the preaching and the healing of his sick, and so forth, he was tired and weary. And the father, no doubt, had told him to go there, because in St. John 5, 19, he was questioned over a healing of a man, and he said, Very, very, I say unto you, the son can do nothing in himself for what he sees the father doing. How many ever read that? Then Jesus never performed one miracle until God showed him by a vision what to do first. There it is. St. John 5, 19. 
I do nothing in myself but what I see the Father doing. The Father works it, and I work it hitherto. That's what he said. Now, here he is. The Father had sent him up there to Samaria, and, and the disciples had gone into the city. And let's think she was a beautiful young woman. She comes out, though she was ill-famed. She came out to get some water, and when she started to let the pot down, as he is ever in the orange, they can pack them on their head and on their hips, and the women all go out there, and they got a window, and they drop this little hook around it and let it down, and get a jug full of water, and set one on top of their head, and one on each hip, and walk right around talking just like ladies can, and never fill a drop of water. That big jug of three gallons set on top of their head, and one on each hip, and they just walk right around talking. And this woman come out to get her water, perhaps, if you know. She was a woman of real things, so she couldn't come there when the rest of them did. They didn't mix up together like you do today. And when she came out to get the water, she looked over there and I said, it's Jew, a man that was only 32 years old, but he looked like he was 50. St. John 6, when he said, in there they said, you say you are greater than, than Abraham? And you're a man not 50 years old yet? We know now you've got a devil. And he said, before Abraham was, I am. Without I am, was a pillar of fire in the burning bush. You know that? The angel of the covenant. And when he was there on earth, he said, I came from God and I go back to God. Not right? Then that pillar of fire, the angel of the covenant, that Moses forsook Egypt, the sending the reports of Christ, getting riches and that, the treasures of Egypt, then when he was made flesh and dwelt in the body where he said, I come from God and I go to God. Is that right? And as his death, burial, and resurrection, Paul was only going down to the masters to rest those people who were making so much noise. And something struck him down, a pillar of fire standing in him, blinded him. And he said, Saul, Saul, I persecuted thou me. He said, Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. He turns back to the Father again. Pillar of fire. That's the scripture. Later he came into the prison when his father prayed in the John Mark's house and opened the doors before the apostle Peter and set him free. And Paul this if it seems like it's personal. On this picture tonight, you see the not mine, but you see the same pillar of fire. As George J. Lacey, the head of the FBI, said so. Only photographs, supernatural beings ever seen, hangs in Washington, D.C., religious hall of art. With George J. Lacey's name, scientific, the only supernatural being that's ever photographed. Germany's got it now, when they take it last year. If it is, it is performed the same things that it did back there. Because it's divine. And if it's connected in the branches, it'll bring forth the same power in the same presence, in the same work. Watch him, for well, he's the same. Now watch this work and see if it came or not. Judge it by the fruit it bears. If it's the same spirit, then it'll do the same thing. The work that I do shall you also. I'm hearing this setting up so well, and this woman was standing there and he said, Woman, bring me a drink. And she said, We got segregation here. It's not customary for you Jews to ask Samaritan such. I'm a Samaritan woman. 
He said, but woman, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And she said, do you say that the well's deep and you have enough to draw with and you're greater than our father Jacob who dug the well and his cat is eight and so forth? What was he doing? Contacting his spirit. And as soon as he found where the trouble was, he said, don't get your husband and come here. He said, sir, I don't have any husband. He said, that's right. You've got had five, and the one you're living with is not yours. Now, what did she say? You are, you are Beelzebub? You have a mental telepathy? You are a fortune teller? No. She knows more about the Gospels than half the preachers in the United States. They're prostitutes. She knows more about it than the educated priests and rabbis of her day. Watch what this prostitute woman done. She looked in Satan's face and she said, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. We know when the Messiah comes, we'll do these things. Is that the sign of the Messiah? When the Messiah comes, we know who's Samaritan. We know this will be the sign of the Messiah. When he comes, we'll do these things. But who are you? Jesus said, I'm he that speaks with you. If that was the sign of the Messiah yesterday, it's got to be the same today. If he remains the same, declaring himself, there goes you and Samaritan, he declared himself. What did she do? She ran into the city and said, Come see a man tell me the things that I've done. Is it this the very Messiah? What would these Christians think about it tonight if he did that? Just wondering. He'll probably raise the dead judgment and condemn many scholars and teachers and priests today. He'll recognize it. And she said, come see a man who told me the things I've done. He said, this is the Messiah, and out come the man. And when they heard him, they were persuaded that was the Messiah. Now notice, he did that, that sign to the Jews, to pray to the Jews, to get the elected and sealed to the Jews, the priests and rabbis, and the unbelievers. Philip, all the rest of them believed him. And then when he made himself known to the Samaritans, he did the same thing. But not one time did he ever do it before a Gentile. And forbid it to be done. Why? Two thousand years has come now for the Gentiles to get the training and the teaching. But in the end of the Jewish dispensation, before they met chaos, if he declared himself that way to the Jews to prove he was Messiah and he acted that way to prove it, he's got to act the same thing at the close of the Gentiles, or he isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever. You understand? Raise up your hands if you do. You understand that's true? He must do it. He couldn't ask for the Jews to declare himself that way to be the Jews. There's only three races of people. That's Jews, Samaritans, and Gentiles. Ham, Sam, and Jacob's people. The three sons of Noah. That's all there is. So it's the Ham and the Jacob's people, the same people rather, who's already declared himself and left the Gentiles to this age and right in the closing of it. And the subject is in the skies, the handwriting's on the wall. The nations are trembling. Here's the moon. The scientific world seems speechless on it. No one can come, he said, except my father draws him first. Jesus didn't die to save the entire world he wanted to, 
But he died to save those who died by foreknowledge you would be saved. Not all men will come to you. God takes his man, but never his spirit. The devil takes his unbeliever, but never the spirit. He remains on the others. And those two spirits are battling you out right now. And you is the same yesterday the day and forever. One more quotation if you'll spare it just a moment. So two people is just one night and you won't have all of your chance to get up in the prayer line. Now listen close as a close. I have read to you and quoted you out of God's eternal word. And Jesus said, how many knows that Jesus claimed not to be a healer? You mean you don't believe that? The Bible said, Jesus said himself, it's not me that doeth the work, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the work. St. John 5, 19, he went to a great big place where he was ten times as many crippling blind wicked people that set in this building tonight. But the beautiful gates are the pool. Lame, halt, blind, withered. And here he comes through that crowd, looking around, until he found a man laying on a pallet. And he said, well, God be made home. Why didn't he say to the lame or blind man? And he said, I had no one to put in the water, sir, while I'm coming. He could walk. He'd had it 38 years. It wasn't going to kill him. He's retarded. He said, when I'm coming towards the water, someone else steps ahead of me. He said, pick up your bed and go on. Well, he went to and the rabbis and priests took him up. So Jesus has brought the question. He said, Billy, Billy, I said, why don't you heal all the rest of them? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this on the Sabbath? He said, Billy, Billy, that's absolutely, absolutely. I say unto you, the son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees, the father doing. The father showing that man was there and in that condition. Same thing he did the woman at the well. Same time he did it, Philip, on back. That was God working to his son. Now tonight, God's universal in all of his church as the vine and we're the branches. Now there was a woman one time who couldn't get to him. And she said within herself, if I can touch that man's gun, I'll be made well. And she pressed through the crowd to do a priest and so she got to where he was, and everybody patting him on the back, Rabbi, we're glad to have you over here, on his way to raise up Jairus' daughter. And this young woman just touched his garment. Now, if you ever seen the Palestinian garment, it hangs loose and got an underneath garment. He, he couldn't have felt that physical. She touched his garment, and she went off and sat down or stood up wherever it was out of the audience. He just stopped and said, Who touched me? Who touched me? And Peter! Looking at the way a man would look today, he rebuked him and said, Why are you saying touchy? Everybody's touchy. He said, But I've gotten weak. Virtue's gone from me. Somebody's touch is a different kind of a touch, otherwise. That's the touch we're talking about. Not the intellectual conception, but something that comes from here that really touches. Oh, still weak. I touched him. I put my name on the church book. I joined the church. I was baptized. I... That's a touch, all right. That is a touch to be seen. Who touched me? Nobody said nothing. And he looked out into the audience till he found the little woman. And he told her what had happened. Her troubles was a blood issue. But your faith has saved you. Brother and sister, if I never meet you again, but for the sake of goodness, Jesus Christ, 
where the deeds of sin in their bodies could be made manifest. Let me ask you this question you answer me strongly. If he's a high priest today, that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, wouldn't you have to act in the same manner that he did then if he is the same? Wouldn't you? If he was sitting around and if the Bible says, how many ministers here knows that? That the New Testament, the book of Hebrews said that he's a high priest now that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The ministers raise up your hand. Clergyman, your pastor knows that. What is it? A high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Then if he remains the same yesterday and forever, how would he answer? The same as he did yesterday. You touch him tonight. So Lord God, I won't be in my prayer line. I have no prayer cards. So I won't be called up there, but oh God, let me touch him. See what he does. See if you don't work, if you're a part of the vine yourself, and spirit work, you speak like that too. Using the gift to manifest and prove that he's just the same that he ever was, no matter where you are. Just take God at his word tonight and believe it with all your heart. And God will make it manifest. If he will do such in the presence of you, I don't say that he will. If he will do such, I trust that you believe him and accept him. And remember now, as we're closing, this is the end of the Gentile age. Never in history has it been until now. This is the end time. You've had Mr. Billy Graham, a great spirit like John the Baptist that went forth doing no miracles. How many ministers here know that history, church history, and prophecy repeats itself at least once or twice? Six Matthew three. Out of Egypt I call my son. You say that back and says it wasn't Jacob. That was his son too. History repeats itself. And there was a great spirit just in his first coming. There was a great spirit before the destruction of the Jews. And the time of John the Baptist, he did no miracles at all, but was a mighty preacher. Following him came the spirit. That did not be a forceful preacher, but just signs and wonders that going to take place everywhere. Just at the closing of the age. This is the closing of the Gentile age. Let us pray. Lord God, it is so hard, Lord, to try to keep all that's in your heart in one little chopped up message, knowing that there may be people here that we'll never see each other's face again until we meet at that day yonder at your feet. Oh God, let us act tonight as real Christians, as real sons and daughters of God. Give us faith to believe your word and stand when we meet in the days of yours. When men and women who was cowering back back and even those like Nicodemus, he slipped around. But oh, how we admire that one who stepped right out in such a position. God, I pray tonight that you'll do that to everyone in here. Give them such a, a blessing and a meeting of the Spirit that every person in here will take their position as real believers. Grant it, Lord, you are the sick and afflicted. And we are taught in the Scriptures that when one day, the first day after you rose from the dead, on that first Easter morning, there were two men, but a man, one of them, 
things you cannot tell in the other Ethiopians, and they were on their way down to another little city called Emmaus. And as they went along talking about the scriptures and about being stepped out of the bush and walked with them all day long, and they didn't realize who you were. And Father, I'm sure tonight that these people can understand that we're just trying to speak the word of God, the things that He has promised. And you spoke to them that day about the word. And when they got to the end at the evening, they did you come in. And when you got inside and closed the door, you did something just like you used to do before you were crucified. And by that they knew that you'd raised the dead from the dead. Quickly they run to their brother and said, Truly the Lord Jesus is raised from the dead. Did not our hearts burn within us as they talked to us along the road? God, may that be the testimony of these people tonight that's going back down to the city in different places. Come, Jesus, and speak to our hearts and do something here tonight that men and women, boys and girls might know that as we read it from the Bible, the way we acted back there in that day and claimed the same today, actually we church tonight the same, Father, that the people might say on their road home tonight, did not our hearts burn with them as he spake to us in the way? Grant it, Lord, we pray to be done in the name of our Son, Jesus. Amen. Now this is the moment when I'm going to ask if you have to leave for the next 15 to 20 minutes, you should go now. I don't want moving around while the Holy Spirit is in to act. You see, you, you must be perfectly ready to watch and listen. So if you go to leave, I would do it now so you won't interrupt the meeting. They take you from the meeting when it's interrupting. And now, if you're a critic or an unbeliever, I would not stay in this type of meeting while this is going on, because any Bible reader knows that evil spirits go from one to another to achieve the thing. So it's not plain church. Here a few nights ago, you'd have heard an Ananias the five. It happened to the mercies of God. And how many times have you people heard it's ready at your services how things take place like that during the time of meeting? So be real reverent, white, deep-seated, Loving, in prayer. Now, I believe, did you say it was, what prayer cards, a hundred, did you get out? What, wise, a hundred. All right, we can't bring them all up at once. I would ask them for prayer cards, why? One, two, three, four, five. Let them come first. Now, can you bring them to this way, sir? Who has prayer cards, why, number one? Would you raise your hand? If you can get up. Now, if you can, someone will talk you. Prayer card turned over. It's a little bitty square card with a number and a letter. Do you have that, lady? Why, number one? Why? What, why are you? Why, number one? Raise your hand wherever you are. And young woman there, come over here, sister. Why, number two? Would you raise up your hand? Look at your neighbor's card. It may be death gum. It's a little sticker here. You got number two? Come right here, lady. Number three? Prayer card number three. Would you raise your hand, please? Would you come over here, lady? Number four. Just raise up your hands quickly so we can see where we're at. Number four. Prayer card way up in the balcony. All right. Number four. Come out right on down. 
Grant card number four. Number five, where boys come down and mix these cards all up and just give them to you. And that, that's the way we have them. Number five, anybody got prayer card five? Put your hand and raise your hand so we know. All right? Put prayer card six, raise your hand. All right, maybe that's right. Number seven. Number seven, eight. Now watch now, so nobody, somebody might ape cripple when you do. You have to pack them up. You see, if somebody gets them done. Eight, nine, ten. Nine, ten, all right. Eleven, twelve. Eleven, twelve. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Now, while they're coming, let me speak to you again. This other way, lady, if you will. Right around here. Come on, this way. One All right. While, speak, while I'm speaking, and they're lining up just for a moment, I'm going to ask that everyone be just as reverent and right as you can. Now, I know that many times God blesses the people and they scream out, that's perfectly all right. I'm a southerner, I'm used to that. That doesn't matter, but I don't take any pictures that are light flash or anything, just be reverent because the Holy Spirit is a light. How many know that? No, but the scripture is a light. Now, how many in here that does not have a prayer card? Anywhere in the building, no matter where you are, you do not have a prayer card, yet you want Jesus to heal you. Raise up your hands. I want Jesus to heal me. Raise your hands, please. So I just want to get a general conception. All right? That's very fine. All right? Now, be real ready. Now, the thing, if you don't get up here on the platform, you just look up to Christ and say, Lord Jesus, if this man has told me the truth, which I believe he has, then you speak to me. Now, I'm not, don't try to press yourself now. Just relax. You say, Lord, I confess my sin. All that I have done wrong, forgive me for it, and heal me, dear God. Thank you. See how merciful God is. And now, that now everyone in here, as far as I know, is a total stranger to me. So it's people that might be sitting by. The only person that I know in this building is Mr. Sweet. Dr. Dale, and my boy, ever, I think I see him back in the dark, I'm not sure. That's the only ones that I know. How many of these things can you raise up your hands? I don't know, you know nothing about In the prayer line, the same way. Now, all right. Now we're going to use find the word to be the truth or not the truth. We need to be telling the truth or not the truth. God only deals with truth. We know that. A person can profess anything they wish to, but if God don't back it up and say it's the truth, then it's wrong. I claim that his word is the same and he remains the same and can never be nothing else but the same God and have to act the same way that he has always been. And if he will do that, we're on the platform, out to the audience, and declare himself the risen Jesus, if you all will love him and believe him, say amen to him. God bless you. Now, after speaking, I'm sure you realize that where I'm standing, what a position I'm in. God, who is my solemn judge, knows this woman or any people you are having called in the prayer line or something, I do not know you. Then something's got to act now. Why the scripture is wrong? Because I've read these things. Out of the scripture, which is a promise of God. 
Do you believe that's the truth? Say amen. It's a promise of God. He promised to do it. He don't have to do it, but he has to do it in a way of saying that he promised to do it. That's what he does. He, does, he didn't have to heal when he's on earth, but he did it that it might be fulfilled. That's what he's doing today. So in the projectile age, the turn to the Jews, the church goes on, destruction comes to the world, there's your annihilation and gone. You see, the only thing that's supposed to happen tonight is that you drink the vodka, it's already changed. Nothing you can do about it. Of course, we've got the same thing to shoot back that way. What does it do? Throw the world from the orbit, just like the Bible says, the way she goes. You remember what Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man? Anybody ever read that? Say, Amen. What was it? Before Lot was destroyed, or Sodom was destroyed, there was an angel come to the elected, which is Abraham. Is that right? And when he did, he sat down with his back turned to the tent, and he said to Sarah, or he said to Abraham, about the calling the time of life, I'm going to visit you. Sarah's going to have this baby that you've waited for for 25 years. And Sarah, back in the tent, behind the tent, behind the angel, smiled. And the angel said, why did Sarah laugh? How many ever read that? Why did Sarah laugh? What was he, a fortune teller? Telepathy? Then he that angel had the last message that Sodom received before she was destroyed. As it was, said Jesus, in the days of Sodom. Now remember, it's the presence of the angel of God, the Holy Ghost, that's here today with every scientific and sign and wonder that is ever promised to fulfill to you people. You think you should be happy. Now, I turn to the woman. Now, lady, you and I being a strange to each other. And this is our first time meeting. I'm years older than you, and this is our first time of ever meeting. But this to the audience, when you read St. John 4, look at this. Exactly the same thing. Our Lord met a woman that he had never seen before in his life. And is that a little panoramic, as I said a while ago, like this? Now here she is, and he found where her trouble was, and told her what her trouble was, and she said, this is the Messiah. Now, me not knowing you, my sister, I don't know whether you're Christian or you're infidel, what your life is, what it's been. I, I don't know. I have no way of knowing. I don't know nothing about you. But it's something the supernatural powers of God through this angel here will come in. If I said to you, maybe you're sick, you're going to get well. Go ahead. You just have my word. That's all you know about. But that could be all right. But if he comes and tells you something back in your life, you know where that's the people are. You'll be the judge of that. So if he knows what has been, he certainly would know. If he could tell you what was, you'd have confidence to know that what he says will be, will be. Perhaps because it will be God. Would you believe it would be him? Jesus, you would believe it. May the Lord bring He's my prayer. Now, as the audience, Faith reverently, and you are a reverent group of people. Here is the hour. Now, if you, if a woman, honestly in her heart, she knows that something's going on, she could not feel the way she feels now standing before a man. Not be a man just like your father, brother, husband, but there's something that's just begun happening, a real humble, sweet feeling coming to you. That is right. If that's right, raise up your hand. This angel you see is between you and I is a real life. 
The woman is not standing here for herself. She's standing here for somebody else. Nothing wrong with the woman outside the nervousness. She's a nervous type of person that worries about things, crossing bridges before you get to them. But she's here for somebody else. That's true. If the Lord God will reveal to me what you're here for, that you believe in to be the Messiah and will go tell others, the Messiah still lives, you will. You believe your little eye will come straight as the sun took it out across. You believe you'll make if you make it well? You will believe it. You got something else on your heart too, haven't you? Besides that sign. The mother. She's dying. She's got cancer. That is true. And you're worried about her salvation because she's Catholic. That is true. Don't worry, have faith. Send her that handkerchief. Don't doubt we have what you ask for. God bless you. Go and believe you. God bless you. Do you believe? Not ask the woman she made you know. You're reverent now, please. Do you realize, minister brothers, that the Christ that you and I have stood for is a Baptist preacher for 27 years in the ministry? That this presence to to confirm just the just how many knows that's just the way you did when he was here on earth. Let's see you raise your hands. You people anywhere. The Bible. That's what God's word says. Then, if this is the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel, if it is the one that was here on earth and said the works that I do for you uh, uh, also when I'm gone, I'll be with you even in you, that same vine would bear the same fruit, would it not? Well, here it is, you're in the same vein. Don't disbelieve. Every one of you right now should believe. We are strangers to each other, I suppose, ladies. The first time ever meeting you in life. If I could help you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a cruel person. But I, I got an old mother home tonight. And I, I love her. And I left family, mother, and all to come here to try to help, to make life a little more pleasant for people, and do all that I could as his servant. If the Lord God would tell me what you're here for, would you believe me and believe that it was him doing it? Would the audience believe it? The lady, she suffers with a nervous condition. She has heart trouble, and she's got very hard things. That's exactly the truth. You believe me? You say, Mr. Brown, you guessed that. I did not. God knows that. Let's speak to her a little further. You've got it. May the Lord bring Yes, there's somebody else there that's in need too. That's the husband. He's dying. Must die right away. If God doesn't help him, he's got leukemia. That's cancer in the bloodstream. That's right. That's right. Your name is Miss Harford. Your name is Rose and his is Robert. That's the truth. Go on your road. Read God and live, ladies. Read God. Jesus Christ, he's present. You know that's in here? Well, it's just you now as a healer for both. We go on the road, and may the Lord God richly bless you, Mr. Christ. Do you believe? 
Do you accept him as your child to live and you'll raise him for the glory of God? Let us pray. Dear God, I claim the life of this child through Jesus Christ. May he be well. May the mother be blessed. And may the community be blessed. For we ask this in the blessed name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. But where are you? That face one, boy. You'll be all right. Come with you. I do not know you. The Lord God does know you. If he will reveal to me what your trouble is, will you accept him as your healer? You're suffering with a stomach trouble and a liver trouble. The liver's really causing draining out the door into your stomach and throwing it into your spasm. That's right. Now, I see you're doing something kind of taste. Oh, you haven't got any taste. You've lost your sense of taste. You don't have any taste or any smell either one. That's true. You believe you have it now? Go ahead. There's many in this building suffering with the same thing you are. But God lives in the heart. You believe in your heart trouble and make you well? You believe it? Let us pray. Lord God, spare this woman for your glory as I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Peter. So believe me now with all your heart. Don't doubt. You have the same thing. So just keep moving. Believe in God. Are you believing out in the audience? Please, be just as reverent as you can. Reverent to me, everyone. You believe God would hold you with that arthritis sitting out there and make you well? The elderly gentleman sitting out with you? So don't you believe that God will make you well? You do? Say you that touched him on. Yes, I man. You believe your legs have to get all right? You know, just a young man, you can go home with a leg too, isn't it? All right. That was just something to slip up so that I could touch you. I think you believe him to begin with. <laughs> Are you believing? The lady, sitting down here with a second lady, pretty heavy step. Suffering with high blood pressure, looking right at me in the first row there. You believe the Lord God makes you well, sister? You believe it? Could you accept it as your healing? Raise your hand if you accept it. That's right. Raise your hand if way up high. Don't be ashamed of faith like that into such God. I'll say Way down at the end of the row. Sitting there between two men, the lady with high blood pressure, the second row back. Then, do you believe that Jesus Christ is him with your high blood pressure? It happened to be, I've seen a sick lead this lady and go to you. That's the reason I know that she can be healed if you want to accept it. I challenge her faith. Here's a dear soul sitting here, right back to the home. So a little black hat on. Got trouble with her head. She's praying about it. <laughs> that is right, is it, sister? 
Right here, the little lady with the black hat on the glasses. You're having trouble in your head. But you don't see that now, do you? You're a real just man. The lady said next to you, Miss Duncan, you bleed, lady, and I just want to contact your spirit. Lay your hand over on the lady next to you, then. The lady is just healed. Lay your hand on the next lady. Yes. You believe the Lord God will heal you, lady? You have complications, many things wrong with you. Such as diabetes for one, heart trouble for another. That's right. That's right. Raise your hand. All right, go home. Leave it to be over. It will leave. That infection, the little lady saying below you there. You believe it should be here, that infection lady? You believe the little lady there? Mrs. Hunter from Caribou. Raise up. I don't know you do, lady. I've never seen you have that. I know my voice is rebounding. We are strangers to one another. If we are, raise up your hands. That's right. Are those things right which were said? All right, go back home and be well. Jesus Christ heals you. What do you think about it, lady? You believe it's too heal now? Glory to the Lord, and that's the way to do it. Amen. There is a trouble which caused your hearts to flutter and so forth. That's right, really, which is an indigestion. There's a lot of that in here. How many of you suffer this case? How many of you are suffering a nervous trouble? Raise your hands just a minute. See, how are you going to call that? It's just everywhere. All of you with nervous trouble, stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet if you want to accept Christ right now. Listen, stand right over here just a minute. Come here, lady. Or that man. Come here, sir. I don't know you, do I? We're strangers? I'm sure the people know it's not reading your mind. Lay your hand on mine. If God will reveal to me this way what your trouble you accept it, you will? Stomach trouble. Raise up your hand if that's right. Every person with stomach trouble stands to your feet. All over the building, stand to your feet with stomach trouble. Stand right here, me, sir. You'll see the glory of God. If thou canst please, back trouble. Stand right back here. Always back trouble. Get up to your feet. I don't care how long you've been paralyzed or laying it down. Stand up to your feet. You can see the glory of God. Are you believing that his presence is here? Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is present if you all raise up your hands? Everybody in the building. Stand up to your feet in front of you. Stand up, everyone. I don't care if you couldn't get up a few minutes ago, you can now. Raise up. There you are. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, I claim that Christ died for you, Calvary, who forgives your sins and heals your sickness. His presence, He is here now. His claim that He has raised from the dead has declared with infallible proof that He remains today and cannot die. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All that claim that raise your hands. The Bible said, it promised that he would be here in these days to do these things. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. How many is a believer? They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Put your hands on somebody next to you if you're a believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. That's what the scripture says. Now you are in a perfect unity of spirit, perfect unity with hands laid on you, perfect unity with the Holy Ghost, Perfect unity with the power of God, perfect unity in the scriptures, then it's got to be over. Let us bow our heads while we all offer prayer to God. Lord God, we thank you for your great presence, the Holy Ghost, that's now yours to take over, and for you every sickness from this building. 